0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brisendine. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to
1: use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, and effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity.
0: Last week, we talked about why people believe what they believe, looking at differences between groups like the Crips, KKK, Biden supporters, Trump supporters. We started talking about trauma response, and then we ended up with the coming back to our Jared and I's discussion on who the greatest player is between Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, with the idea of can they both be the greatest based off of both of our respective beliefs. And what we heard,
1: so um, you guys watched that conversation.
0: It did not
1: end with me calling Jesse a poopy pants, poopy pants, or Jesse <laughs> calling me an idiot and a liar. Are you telling you to shut well, up? <laughs> <laughs> Something in recent history has occurred where two gentlemen got into a debate or an argument and uh, name calling pursued. Can you give us a, a clip of that that you We're going to play a little clip of, the, of these two men uh, having a debate, having an, a, a little argument.
0: Just <laughs> to set you up, the clip we're going to play is of. A group of people watching the debate. And the reason we're going to play this specific clip, uh, Jared brought it to my attention, is we think it's, it's a great segue into what we what, some of what we're going to talk about today is, which is how the behavior in the debates becomes a reflection of the behavior in society and a behavior a reflection of us. And so this is going to be, I think, today's conversation is going to evolve into a really fascinating discussion of people, why we do what we do humanity and where we are so just you're going to see we'll set it up here you're going to see why i get the screen share thing popping up you're going to see a group of people watching this debate and they were live streaming right jared they were live streaming it as it's on mm-hmm. and yeah, we're just going to play i think about 15 seconds of it here all right here we go We have ended
1: this segment, we're going to move on to the second segment. Good good look for or for him or no? Hell oh, yeah! But that's his only defense. Yeah, yeah, shut the up. It's a debate. The people got a two chance, two minutes to
0: talk, the other person gets two minutes to talk. If you're talking and some guy interrupts
1: you, costly, constantly, constantly, to try to be serious about it we have happened all right okay so the guy who asked the question that's his show the guy who asked the question was it good for him his name is patrick david it was it's his show and i love the look on his face right both when he asked was it now i'll, I'll be honest i'm gonna be transparent he is a trump supporter but he's also a very thinking guy. I like him. I follow him. I'm, I am not guys. I'm officially, see, I told you I was going to say, I didn't say it. I'm officially not a Trump supporter after watching the debates. I am officially not a Trump supporter after watching the debate. Hey, you know, so it is what it is. So I'll just go ahead and I'll declare that. Um, Jesse is still of the, he doesn't talk politics in public. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give him that pass, which which used to be an American value, right?
0: <laughs> it
1: used to be a very strong American value. We used to leave these conversations purely for private <laughs> because, because it's like arguing about God sometimes. <laughs> but but um, I was um, the one that, Patrick David he was like, is that good for him, Mike tab said that? And then the other guy said, heck yes, and you know, et cetera, et cetera. And it was looking on his face, like, I'm not sure. And then another guy kind of co-signed, like, you know, it's good and it's bad. And um it it was one of it's just a small tidbit of, you know, how we've changed, or like so when I asked the question, all right. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, guys. When I asked the question, um, what do you think, or how'd you like in the debates, right? Um, I was asking to, I wanted to hear what people had to say, right? And someone actually, they actually said, one of the people watching actually said this is a shit show during the course of the thing. So I've heard that a lot. Like, this is a shit show, right? This is this is crazy. I don't want to see uh presidential candidates behaving like this, right? And <laughs> But the truth of the matter is, right? A lot of us are behaving that way in our discourse, in our arguments, in our disagreements with each other, right? And um, and and <laughs> it's. I think I'll, I'll probably let Jesse get onto it because I don't want to offend. You. I don't want to offend anybody, but I'm going to. So, <laughs> so, we know we don't want the people in leadership to behave this way, right? Um, but we, at the same time, we we kind of understand it, right? So you you understand somebody's low blowing you, low blowing you, low blowing you, hit them back. Right, somebody's talking over you, talking over you, talking over you. to shut the fuck up, right? And to a certain extent, almost all of us respect that behavior of standing up to a bully, right? I, would, I matter of fact, I'm gonna say almost all of us. I would say that it's a genuine. Would you agree, Jesse? This is, this is like I I, I I want to talk some more, but would you agree? Like that's a genuine like human trait, like. You respect the person that stands up to the to the to the bully, or the person that's talking over him. For like,
0: yeah, I think that, but I think there's there's layers to that too. I think we.
1: All right, now let me. I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go, All right? Because that's what I wanted to get to, right? There are layers to that, right? Like, it's generally respectable. That's right. Stand up, but how you stand up the atmosphere in which you stand up in and the position in which you hold in life in terms of how you stand up to that matters. It matters, which is why we can accept certain arguments from three and five-year-olds. We can accept certain arguments from 20-year-olds and 30-year-olds. We can accept certain arguments from grown adults, right, who are not in leadership positions and representative of us, right? Even if we had that argument in our privacy. But when we see people who are supposed to be representative of us in leadership positions in an atmosphere that is is structured with rules, right, for a reason, right? And we see one person break those rules and we see another person respond will be a verbally violent manner. We are appalled, right? Um, so I, 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 and, and that's why I asked the question, how do you feel about the debates? Someone I want know why, how they made people feel. Like what emotions did it invoke in you? And then I didn't ask the substance the question, why did you feel that way? Because if you get into an argument with your spouse, you may say the same kind of things. But you'll look back on that argument and be like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that fuck, that was wrong. Because you care about that person, you love that person, you're trying to build something with them. And now we're looking at two people who are trying to, supposedly trying to build this country into something. And they're saying a lot of shit that they have no business fucking saying. And that appalls us. But we're not mapping it down. And that's my issue. Because if we map it down, then they have less respect to do it right and so when patrick david said what do you, do you think that helped them or hurt them i think his point was you if you're going to play this i'm better than or i'm something different then you can't stoop to that level you can't you can't and so that was i think that was that was that was his point in his recognition right and it's like yeah like it's, it I, I don't know I, i'm gonna let you go but sometimes it's 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 not you don't you don't match fire with fire right sometimes that you 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 have to you use the pen to beat the to beat the sword so to speak But okay go ahead go <laughs> one
0: of my Favorite martial arts to always observe has been Aikido. And what I've always loved about Aikido is it's, it's an art based off of taking your opponent's energy and using it against them. And I took Aikido briefly in college, and I remember the, one of the very first classes, the teacher who had us gathered around was telling the story about the, the Aikido master that he had learned under and the master was telling the story, how they'd been doing, he'd been training in Aikido for like 30, 40 years, most of his life. And it was late at night one night and he had, he was walking towards his car and across the street, he observed a lady getting robbed at knife point at the ATM. And she's yelling, calling for help. And he sees the guy has a knife and he has this thought go through his mind of finally, you know, I'm going to get to use all this training. I've used my whole life. He's like, and he's like going through and mapping the fight out in his mind. And he starts to walk across the street. It's about halfway in the middle of the street. And he starts yelling at the, the assailant, calling him names, making fun of him, teasing him, you know, all this stuff, belittling him, challenging him. Gets the guy really worked up. And then as the guy turns away from her and starts to yell coming towards him, once he gets about halfway, it's between the lady and him. He yells at the lady. He says, run. And then he kind of starts backing away as the guy keeps moving towards him. Once he sees the lady gets far enough away, he takes off running. And then his students ask, well, they said, Master, you know, why did you, why did you run? You could kick the guy's ass. And he said, you're right. I probably could have kicked the guy's ass. But he also had a knife. And I love that story because I think that at our most primal level, we are absolutely love to see somebody stick it to a bully. And I also think that leadership is ultimately a reflection of those that people lead. And I think that leaders arise in society, leaders that mirror where society's at, arise to lead that society. And I think what we saw very quickly in that clip was the hypocrisy of both of these people. And also the hypocrisy I think of in many ways where we're at societally. I think you saw, we would love to see and and tell ourselves and children that if somebody was getting robbed, we don't want to engage in violence with them. We want to run away because that's the safe thing to do and then nobody gets hurt. But the reality is, is for many of us, when we get scared and uncertain, we want to hit back because it gives us something to be certain of. And so what you see very quickly, at least from my perception, that clip right there, is you see one person, President Trump. Who later in the debate is hanging his hat on the law and order, law and order thing, but demonstrates in the first couple of minutes that he's unwilling to respect any sort of rules, our laws and order that goes in the debate format. So that's just one of the many hypocrisies sees on that side. Then on Vice President Biden's, you have a candidate who's largely being pushed and touted as being the opposite of Trump, the solution, the antidote, the savior uh, that we need right now to get away from the evil that Trump has wrought onto the the land in the world and that he's going to be different. It's going to be so different. And then in the first few minutes, when he's pushed of all of his tools, his years and years, he's been in politics for 47 years, his skills of training, he resorts right back to this. Did. And what happens is it sets off this primal reaction. Some people, yeah, hit him back, get in the mud with them. But wouldn't we want leaders that wouldn't get in the mud, that won't have to lower themselves into the mud, that would use a different skill set? You know, If there's any any Biden handlers listening right now, why in the world you didn't train that guy to just whatever Trump does Trump and to just look at him when he would respond and say, well, that's a really interesting perspective, Mr. President. Well, wow, that's a fascinating observation, Mr. President. And then take his two minutes and condense it down to 25 seconds and just be able to put in 25 second sound bites. He would have come out of it looking like a champ. Trump would have self-destructed because his behavior and his psychology is likely not programmed and habituated enough to be able to allow for the disruption caused by somebody responding so calmly and looking and saying, wow, that's a really fascinating perspective. Huh, I never considered it that way. And then going into, boy, Jared, you know, it's really interesting. You think that Larry Bird's the greatest player of all time, but what about that time he missed a game winning shot in game, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, Jared, that's really interesting that you think Larry Bird's better than Michael Jordan. But what about Michael Jordan scoring eight points more per game average over his whole career? You know, don't you think that moving on like that? Because what happens then is now you have the other person always having to be on the defensive. You're being offensive, but you're not having to be at that level. You're you're getting the person to make the choice for you as opposed to you actually having to go and engage in violence. And I think that where it comes back to this piece of where we are societally and how both of these guys are reflecting it, because I'll just my personal opinion of watching it, I, I could barely watch more than a few minutes at a time. It was so embarrassing. And everything, uh, a large part of my life is in this whole leadership space. And everything I know about leadership, there is nothing even close to that in there. I was so embarrassing, so disgusted by it. And I kept saying, gosh, is this the best that we have right now? And I don't think it is. But I think it reflects where we are right now. I think it reflects on how we treat one another. I think it reflects on how some of our, our public discourses are. It reflects in how, as a society, right, we love to we love to espouse how conscious and evolved we're getting and how kind and compassionate we are. But we've just fairly really found bigger, more monosyllabic words to use to disguise our our jabs and our sucker punches of people. You know, we'll 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 endow ourselves with the idea that we're crusading for self-righteousness and justice, but we're still almost mirroring very much the other thing. We're just expressing that anger towards the source of the anger for us. And because they're causing us to be angry, we must think that they're bad and therefore we are good and right. And I think if, that yeah, go ahead.
1: Okay, yeah. Well, I'll. So it's, 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 it's that it's, we saw their hypocrisy and it was live. And I think that's, like I said, with disgusted people is that, 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 like that duality of like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a good trait, but not in this case, or you didn't have to, or the thing that we really love about leaders, you can take this from literature, Marvel, mm-hmm. everything else, uh, the Bible, The thing that we respect the most about leaders and people who we want as leaders for the most part is we want leaders who are not only powerful and have strong characteristics, but we want them to use the power and those strong characteristics only when necessary and appropriately applied to the situation. That's why people love Superman because Superman can rule the fucking world. But done. Right. Because yeah. the way that he would have to do it would be to 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 beat everybody down into submission. Right. And we love all our superheroes for having this great power, but using power wisely and for good. Right. And a villain has great power. A super villain has great power and they use it for bad. Right. And it's that and, and, and uh, if you look at the characteristics between a hero. And the villain, a lot of times, personality. There's a lot of crossover, but one manifests that and uses it to promote their own self-interest almost exclusively. And the other, right? Or, or they they act out. I'm sorry. I don't want to. I don't want to compare our presidents to villains. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize, guys. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to call even one of these guys a fucking villain. But what I am saying is that they've taken positive traits and 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 manifested negative aspects of those positive traits. Right? And we've allowed it to happen because we're doing the same thing in our own lives, a lot of us, in our own debates, in our own correspondence with each other. With each other. It, it takes, like, I want to touch on, I wanted to move you because, um, in the beginning of uh, when we so guys we get on a game plan if you don't know <laughs> secrets <laughs> we get on a game plan before we come on here and so um jesse had when we were talking jesse brought up a story um about um the 2016 election and I wanted to talk about that story the way that you know he kind of the way he, he talked to me about it, as far as the amount of emotion that people put into this presidential election into the into 2016, and now are putting into this 2020 election, right? And you know he had a belief that we'd come out better on the other end, and and I think so too. But I want him to tell you guys that story first, and then I'll I'll dig on how I think because. I think he's right. I think that we can come out. We have a great chance to come out better on the other end. But I think, like you said, it's going to be tough, though. It's going to be hard. But go yeah. <laughs> that story in the bar, you know, um, and, you know, what you
0: what you saw, and, like what you thought of the scene and people. Yeah, so I, the reason I rarely venture into political waters and public discourse is because I think that, much of politics, at least as we experience it through the media and what we hear, like the the articulations we hear from candidates who are running, I I often feel it comes across as being so short-sighted. And it's, it's about how do I almost, how do I further my agenda now And I'll give them, and believing that, I think in the moment, I, I, I have to, because one of my core beliefs is I really have, I choose to believe that people are doing something that they believe will make something else better down the road, right? I do, but with politics, I feel like so much of, I, let me back this up, I'm, I'm making this a little long-winded here, but there will be a point. I shared with Jared, I think maybe last week or the week before that I had, we watched a ninety-two debate between our the first the first Bush and Clinton, so whatever year that was. And it was utterly fascinating is in that debate now that's almost 30 years old, these guys are talking about the exact same issues that still seem to be coming up today. And it's utterly fascinating to me that in all that America has grown, the things that we we're able to do, the technology that we have now, we have cars that will park themselves, we have doorbells that allow us to communicate and we can dial in from error. We have cameras that we can watch our pets and we can see from across the world. Yet we still haven't been able to solve these same core issues. And the reason, at least from my perspective is, is you're trying to deal with, at the crux of all these issues is human behavior and human emotion. And you can try to policy behavior and emotion to an extent, but then you're still gonna have the human animal, which is still gonna have free will which is still gonna be making emotionally based decisions inside of their mind about what stuff means. And as much as you policy everything else to try to corral people into certain beliefs, behaviors, actions, there's always gonna be the freedom of interpretation. That's why Viktor Frankl's book, Man's Social Media is so powerful because he comes back to human being, we always have the freedom to choose. We have the freedom to choose what something means. And this is where I think there's a short-sightedness with policies because I think we often are in politics is because we're often trying to legislate stuff. Where from my perspective, if we were to just focus on legislating one primary thing, which is how we educate ourselves, I think you would radically see so many things change. And I think we'd be a generation away if we were learning these other things. So what Jared was referring to, I was sharing with him beforehand, when Trump was... Uh, Was I guess it must have been 2016. And it became evident that he was going to likely win the election. I was at a brewery. And I remember watching people starting to cheer, starting to cry, starting to like visibly shaken like it was the end of the world. And I had a conversation. And I told, I was telling the, the people I was with, I was saying, I really deep down believe short term, this is going to be possibly painful to go through his presidency. And I think long-term it will end up becoming one of the best things that ever happened for us. And they would say, how can you say that? Look at who he is, what he represents. You know, again, the this, this things that we all have heard, I think that at some basic level, we have to acknowledge or we have to be willing to acknowledge that we here in america we have life so unbelievably good and we are so unbelievably blessed compared to most of our brothers and sisters around the world you know if you take the average american and and are the majority of us and if we were just to define the majority not by all of the labels we're taught but you're to find the majority of us by we have access to basic education We have the means to get on the internet, have technology, be able to communicate. We have our our fundamental basic needs are taken care of. We know we're gonna have shelter. We have clean water to drink, we have clean air to breathe. Then most of us are not gonna go hungry over any time in the next week. And if we don't like our job, that's okay because there's other jobs out there available to us. And if you have a little bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, uh, a little bit of an invention that way, we make it impossibly easy to start a business in this country. You know, for all the hoops that we have to jump through, you starting a business, you go down and you get a piece of paper and they say, Okay, pay a, a small fee, and then you're in business. So we have this ability to meet our basic needs at such a massive level. <laughs> <laughs> And so we have these you know our basic needs and what that ends up doing is with most people in the world who don't I'll sign up for for promoting for things to Legal Zoom though. Okay, anyway. Never <laughs> yeah. mind. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> most people in the world they don't have that luxury. And so for them them to just get a job to earn any money is such a blessing. For us, we have jobs that we would consider beneath us undeserved yes. and worthy of us right we we have this luxury of having the we have this luxury of having our basic core needs met that relate to our survival and i think what leaves us with here in the united states it comes back to what victor frankl was saying that that freedom to choose and because we're not having to think survival anymore and we have these brains that are designed for survival for fight or flight we're now allocating that Resourcefulness, resourcefulness, mentally, emotionally, to use fight or flight in ways that it was never biologically intended to. Yes, we have to argue with one another. We have to debate one another. We have to get upset with one another. We have to name call and finger point one another. I have to treat Jared not as a friend, as if brother in humanity. I have to treat him as opposition, because I have to be. I still have this fight or flight that wants to go. And now, because I don't have to worry about food, water, shelter, what I can have the luxury to worry about is he believes something different than I believe. What I have the luxury of worrying about is that if he calls me a name, I can respond with violence because I can choose to perceive his thing as a violent act. And that becomes a fundamental problem. We have, I think, the blessing and luxury of time and perception here in the US that most people around the world don't. And how we've chosen to wield that society has become very, I think, destructive. And where I said back in 2016, I think that long-term Trump's presidency will become a blessing because what I think it has done and it's doing right now is it is pulling back the curtain and giving us the opportunity to examine ourselves And us to start to really look at the parts of ourselves we may not like so much, but again, we've been able to hide under the rug for a long time because, you know, our basic needs are met and we can just be, we can, we can distract ourselves with other stuff. But now, now the dirty laundry is getting out. It's getting aired out more and more and more. And, and I think that that, you know, I always say awareness precedes transformation. And I think that, our transformation comes as a society, the more we are able to start to realize that our leadership, they're not different than you and I, they reflect us. And if we don't like who the fuck is in charge or who our choices are, that's because we have to do better. Yes. That's because we have to do better. And and doing better doesn't mean you have to have the biggest business or the best this or the best that. Like Jared and I were talking about this beforehand. I think one of the challenges in America is we have such a, a winning mindset and that the idea of winning is the assertion of stuff and status. And for a lot of us, that might be something that doesn't we don't necessarily want or that doesn't drive us. But because we're Americans and we're taught to want to ascertain, what that does is it sets us up in a dynamic where now – we are having to try to ascertain and succeed in comparison of. And that sets a really dangerous precedent because then what ends up happening in those dynamics is we're able to commoditize the most important thing to us, which is probably happiness and love. And what now becomes is becomes we, we have the freedom to choose you know, our emotional well-being. A person can be a person can be blissfully happy making as the person making $30,000 a year could be as happy as the person making $300,000 a year, providing that their very basic needs are met. They have shelter and food, right? It's that same of The choice of happiness becomes just that a choice in happiness. But if we start to commoditize happiness and I'm taught that I'm not happy or I can't be happy or I'm not as successful as Jared because I don't have the TV that Jared has, or I don't have the car that Jared has. I don't have the stuff that Jared has. It's a, it's a slippery slope because we're always going to be comparing to others. And then it's going to be impossible to ever be happy in just being who you are. And when you're impossible to find happiness in being who you are, we are going to constantly, I think, be looking externally for a savior, somebody to come along and somebody to make life better, which is essentially what most political promises are. If you elect me, I'm going to do these things that will make your life better.
1: Can I chime in now? Yeah, absolutely. I want to chime chime in on that because that's that's the, the crux of it, right? And so people placed all this emotional and they're placing all of this emotional value on this election and that election of, you know, like, oh, we're doomed now or this is the election to end all elections and blah, 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 because, you know, people are expecting the president of the United States to solve your problems or be responsible for creating your problems, right? So the president's either he's gonna solve your problems or he's gonna make more problems for you, right? And we look at that and what we could see from the debate is like you said, people are no better than me. Really, truthfully, they're not. They are not the solution to my problems and i think so for me the positive outcome that can come from this is people stop looking to people in office as the solution to their problems yeah. right it, it, and we start to look for it ourselves as the solution to our problem and figure out and then put somebody in place right who doesn't fuck america up enough <laughs> that we can't go out and solve our own problems. Does that you know what I mean without yeah. without an army or yeah. you know um you know sure or, or help or without fearing for our lives each day when we try it's, to go out like you like the I love the get in water story because yeah. that was he was literally going out to get a source of life, right? Basic human need water and his fear was getting sniped by somebody as he was going to get source of life so literally to live i have to risk death like real literal death we most okay not we so when i was growing up there was a fear of going to the corner store to get getting shot when you go to the corner store right there was like a real fear like I, you know people die on corners but for the most part americans don't deal with that we do not deal with the 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 real present danger right it's obviously there But the percentages are so fucking low, like the likelihood of that happening to you in most places in the United States of America is like slim to none, like walking to a store and somebody, you know, blowing your brains out, right? Somebody's trying to snipe you to get a basic community. Even then, I could have sat in the house and poured a fucking glass of water, right? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Right? And so it's like that, I mean, water. He was going to get water and had to fear for his life. We do not have those kinds of issues. And our only goal, other than, you know, there are some other goals, but the major thing, we don't we want to elect somebody a presidency that doesn't fuck that up. And America is a system such that, and it's this system is defined and there's enough people invested in it, you know, hopefully, right? That it's very hard for that system to fall apart within four. Or eight years. It's hard because the system is strong. It's not like it's not like you know um, we got some crazy shit going on right now. But it's not. <laughs> but it's not like other countries where the system is weak, where the country's whole the whole country's poor, where there's you know all of this strife, and then things you know thing a whole thing can flip over in a year or two years. Right. So when you think, when you map all this emotion on a four-year decision. Right. You're making, to me, was a huge, huge mistake. A huge, huge mistake. Right. Because it's, it's it, don't get me wrong, does it reverberate? But that's the reason why we have that pendulum. That's the reason why George Washington set such a great precedent. Right by, by leaving, right. That's the reason why some people don't look at FDR as that spectacular because he stayed. <laughs> right? He stayed beyond the eight. They're like, well, we got to make it a rule, can't stay beyond eight. Two terms is it, right? Because we, because that we have that pendulum rocking creates stability. Because sometimes, no offense, American public, right. We're going to make bad decisions. We're going to put somebody in office they probably should not be there. But the fact that they can only be there for this amount of time gives the ability to rock the pendulum back in the other direction, right? So are elections important? Absolutely. Does who the president of the United States is matter? Absolutely. I already told you where my position is and it took me a while to get there, no. though. But, <laughs> but, but the truth of the matter is stop putting end of the world fucking... Responsibility, or uh, what is the word? Consequences on who wins the election in November. It's November. not. It's, it, it's not. And you have a voice. If I could add November. something,
0: could, can, can I interrupt you for one second? For it, you Go. said something really important there. I think that it, it bears examination in that when somebody gets into office too, who who doesn't believe what you believe they're elected. So we we'll, you know, many of us, many people are not a fan of Trump and probably everyone who's not a fan of Trump likely knows someone who is a fan of Trump. Oh yes, Right. So now there's four years we can vote them out. Absolutely. That's the American opportunity, but where I think this goes to opportunity of ourself is we can go then and talk to our people, And try to understand why they believe what they believe and then it gives us an opportunity to engage in discourse not name calling not what we saw at the debates the other night but actual conversation like with the whole point of jared and i doing the series is and then to try to understand and in trying to understand we can start to influence and in influencing we can start to change behavior our invite is in behavior and what you might see and you might find with some of the people who believe something that you don't believe is it's not because they're wrong, bad people. It's not because they're all a bunch of KKK, white-rope-wearing, redneck racists, which I think a lot of times is how we portray Trump people, which I know that's not the case because I hung out with a, a buddy of mine who's a Trump, huge Trump supporter. He's a black dude the other day. So it just – it doesn't
1: – Almost right? everybody – I live in Arizona. 90 percent of my friends is Trump. Yes. <laughs> my yes. neighbor is a Biden supporter. I never fucking speak to these people. I never, like, across the street. And yeah. you would think I'd be like, hey <laughs> yay, oh, I, I
0: never I never speak to yeah. them. All my friends are Trump supporters. Yeah, they don't fit that narrative that is projected. And so I think what it does is it gives us that opportunity of truly our true power, right They only say your voice is your power. Well, the true power in our voice is not just our vote that's powerful but it's also in our ability to influence the people that are in our sphere about what they do and how they show up as a human being so we another perspective to offer everybody is when you have a donald trump or a joe biden or whoever it is when the election and you don't like the outcome you can celebrate or demonize the candidate and then have it relegate your life the next four years or you can take it upon yourself to look at the people that you know and have a fucking conversation. And it's a conversation not to prove why you're right and they're wrong, but a conversation to understand and try to identify why they believe what they believe. And once you understand why they believe what you believe, you find the humanity between that the two of you share at a deeper level. And then it invites the opportunity to have a conversation about well, that's really interesting because I believe this. And then maybe, just maybe, you open the doors for people to see things a different way. Most of us never get to that point with our people because we enter into conversations to prove right and wrong. And immediately we're alienating them. We're absolutely alienating them. And it's just, I, you know, like, I know people who are going to vote for Trump. And I know people who are going to vote for Biden, not because they're not because they think Trump's the greatest or Biden's the greatest, But it's because they're so fed up with people telling them that they're stupid or they're wrong or they're racist or they're a hippie or whatever they are for voting for Biden Trump. And because of that, they literally have their arms folded like this and just are doing it because they are so friggin' fed up with people telling them what they should and shouldn't do and why they're wrong for it. So they're going to vote out of spite. And what that says, that's not, that's a societal job that we have done to create that kind of Closed-mindedness for discussion. And it's... But, yeah.
1: so here's the care, here's the right? They'll sit there with their arms crossed, like you said, basically mentally, mental arms crossed yeah. and vote out of spite yes. and frustration and anger and then watch the debate and say that they were arguing like two little five-year-olds. With three-year-olds. <laughs> right? So yeah. it's like, I'm, sitting over, I'm tired of people fucking telling me I'm wrong or like, fuck you, you don't know what you're fucking talking about. And so, you know, I'm gonna, you can't change my mind oh they acted like children (laughs) right so we're doing you know what i mean like it's 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 that again that reflection it's that reflection and and we want and the reason that we can see it in them and recognize it is goes to our mission statement we want our leaders to have an elevated consciousness we want and that's the difference between a child and an adult an adult knows more understands more thinks about the consequences of their words and their actions whereas a child is concerned about winning or losing yeah and an adult is playing a much longer game and we want to see our people play a longer yes winning is important but we don't win the big game unless we play this way. And we wanna see our leaders play the game a certain way so that we can win the big game. We don't wanna see our, play, our, our, our our people. And, that's, and that is to me, the crux of the issue. And that's why I talk about four year versus eight year presidency. Because even, and it's not just Biden and, 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 uh, and Trump the whole Republican and Democratic Party are acting like this decision, this four-year decision, right, is the long game. And so when you see a debate between two men, which was supposed to be multiple debates, right, they are stooping to the lowest levels of discourse, right, for this, they're playing the game dirty. Yeah. They're playing the game dirty. They're deflating footballs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're fucking. you you're like, what the fuck are you doing, like, motherfucker? Like, don't ruin the game, <laughs> right? Like, you just, just ruining the game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we want to win that game, and you're, fucking cheating over this point. You're, 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 you're mudslinging here now right over this and it's like no but we've been doing the same thing so what the fuck? yeah and we've been falling into it and the more we fall into it the more they preach to it so from the moment you watched that election jesse in 2016 and you saw people put all fuck it i'll say this 2008 election Meant a lot because the United States of America had elected a black man to the presidency of the United States. People put a lot of emotion into that, and for me, it did mean a lot in terms of what I believed America was capable of. But beyond that, Barack Obama was just a fucking president to me. He was just a, uh, and 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 so, like in other words, like in terms of first black president, absolutely freaking awesome, right? But this is gonna sound, I don't know how this fucking sounds, but he wasn't George Washington. He wasn't Abraham Lincoln. He wasn't FDR. And why do I bring up those guys, right? Because those were people elected, Pivotal points in American history. And they had to act with an elevated conscience. You, you, they had to, because at those points, the whole country could have collapsed. So they had to act with elevated. Martin Luther King had to act with an elevated conscience. He had to play a long game. I won't see it in my lifetime, but I have a dream. I might not get to the mountaintop with you, but I may. I have a dream that someday this will happen. And the way he played the game, he knew it was a someday dream. He knew it was a someday dream that he was fighting for that day. And if you're the president of United States of America, you have to fight for the someday not just today. And that's why I think people were upset because that's what children do. Children get punished for an hour and they're fucking whore. They Their whole day is ruined. Right? They may forget about it like an hour or two later because thank God they're children. But at the moment, you just ruined their life. Yeah. You just took their whole life and <laughs> crumbled it up. Because the, they have no concept of long games. You punish them for an hour. Go sit in the corner for five minutes, Johnny. It's the worst fucking thing that ever happened to Johnny a day in his life. <laughs> At that moment in time, he's just ruined and he's ready to break everything in his room. <laughs> right? And we see two presidents fighting the same way. The same way. Uh, it is, and, it's, and, and, that's, and that's appalling. And we are doing that. We are saying 2020 is the most important election in American history. I don't think so. It could be. If we play it up that way, absolutely. If we, if we play it that way, if we put all that emotion into it, people get hyped up about America going from the land of opportunity to something else in a four-year time span. This, the only way it happens is if if is is if the whole country gets hyped up about it and believes it and 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 then acts like a bunch of fucking five year olds about it. That's what happened. That's the only way. That's the only way it happens. We can manifest it. We can bring it to light. We can we can make this the most important election ever by how we respond. But not by who gets elected. And that's, that's, and that's, and that's the real thing. How are you, how are we, and that's, why, and that's I because election is inevitable. Somebody's gonna win, somebody's gonna lose. Once, you know, one side's gonna be unhappy, other side's gonna be happy. But how are we gonna respond as Americans? Are we gonna respond like adults? Or are we gonna respond like five-year-olds with adult strength? adult capability to bear arms adult capabilities are we gonna fucking throw tantrums is the, and that's the question are we gonna fucking throw tantrums and so that's that's what to me when we started this that was what it was about let's not be five-year-olds when we talk to people we care about when we talk to people we love and that's what I'm talking about when you say fucking I'm, I, I you know I have I know you have a friend who's a Trump supporter I know you have a friend who's a Biden supporter." Can you talk to them like a fucking adult, even though you disagree, right? Even though Jesse will never let go of the Larry Bird. (laughs) The Larry Bird. (laughs) Michael Jordan argument. He's going to bring, if you notice, if you've been watching for months, he jabs every time he can, He he just, he'll never let it go. And we're friends for 20 years. He's still gonna bring it up. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I can live with that. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> you know, he's never gonna be right. <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> you know, he's just it's just it's 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 a fault of Jesse's that I have to live with. And that's okay. I like I like a lot of other things about him is a wonderful person right but you know you, you know he can't see the sun shining you know what I'm saying you can't see the life for the sunshine shining but anyway that that's it that's the end of <laughs> that's the end of my rant you know um please don't act like five-year-olds that's but but that's my that's my my point it is um is that stop 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 acting
0: like four years of the rest of your life I, I love what you said, Jared, about the someday versus the now differentiation. I think that's so important. And I think that's one of the things that that makes, in my opinion, of leaders of the modern time that I've studied, Dr. King, probably the greatest leader in that he, he played that someday to the day he died when he could have done the now he chose to be that Aikido master in the street and have and run versus resort to violence because he knew in his heart and he believed that that would lead to a better outcome in the future. Yes, And I think that's also what a, a George Washington did. And, and one of the, I think the challenges for us who are the stewards of these people's legacy now, it's easy for us to go back and to observe behaviors or beliefs that each individual held and try to then discredit them as a leader because of behaviors, because now us, 200 years, 50 years, however much time it is removed, we can look back and say, well, they probably shouldn't have been doing that, or that's not that, or that's not that. Recognize that a leader is still a human being. It, being a leader doesn't mean you're a perfect human at all. It, it just, it, I think what it really comes down to is that, you see something and you believe strongly in it and you're willing to play the someday game. And you may not be a perfect person. There's a lot of people who I think are incredible leaders who I may not think are the most incredible human beings behind the scenes. And that doesn't diminish their roles of leadership. Yes. do we, we, we hope that our, our leaders turn out to be, you know, we hope our leaders lead and, and, and carry and hold similar values and beliefs that we do. You know, and then it hurts when we find out they weren't. I think I shared with you all my my favorite TV show growing up was the Cosby Show. That was that was it. I loved it. I watched that show every day, multiple times. I mean, so that was my idea of like what a great family was. And then you come to find out that Dr. Huxtable, he, he wasn't he wasn't quite the best dad that he was made out to be on TV. But but that doesn't diminish the values and the learnings I took away from the Cosby Show as a kid. Right. Only I can take that away from me if I all of a sudden I hear what not Dr. Huxtable, the character, but Bill Cosby, the human, was actually doing. And I take that away and discredit what I took away personally from the, the Cosby show. I, I learned a tremendous amount, much from that. Like I, I, It gave me so much level of, of, of values, of compassion, of just like seeing how families can interact and bond and, and communicate with one another and, he, and whatnot. So I think that's really important to remember when we do look at these someday games and it's the someday that we all want to wake up to. What's your someday you want to wake up to and how are you going to get there? Are you going to get there by by telling somebody else that they're wrong and that their way of being is wrong and being angry and pissed off? Maybe, maybe. when I think of, and there's definitely a time in human history where those types of things happen. We call them world wars right and great wars and millions and millions of people lost their lives most of whom were innocent civilians yes right why governments fought
1: yeah
0: Uh, and we also know even in those wars most of the time the soldiers didn't want to necessarily kill one another because they would have moments of humanity on the battlefield where they'd realize that the person on the other side had a family had friends had everything else they were fighting for but because they were a soldier of this army doing what the generals told them they had to do, they had to do it, they had to perform duty, a risk of their own life.
1: Can I I'll interrupt you? Yeah. You know what? Like when we talk about America being a great country. And I want, I wish we could like blast this message out to so many more people, right? That's not a mistake. It's not a it's not a mistake. Don't get me wrong. We were we kind of lucky in the course of history in some ways? Absolutely. But the America that we see today, land of opportunity, everything else, it's not a mistake. It was cultivated and it wasn't just cultivated by a constitution, right? It wasn't just cultivated by your George Washington's or your Lincoln's or your FDR's. The people, And the values that the people in this country wanted to uphold and wanted to see upheld by its leaders made this country great. And the first step to us being able to do that was recognizing that just because someone was in a position of power didn't mean they deserved it. That's when monarchy started to die because people, regular people, looked at the person that was the king or the queen and said, no, you're not it. I don't give a fuck, God ordained, no, you're not it. I don't want to follow you. And that's it. And that changed the whole fucking world. And then America became what it became because we started to choose, these are the values we wanna see in our leaders. And when we found out they didn't have them, we changed them. Then when we found out that they didn't have them and they wanted to stay, we changed the law so we could get them out soon enough. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> and so it's, 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 you know, we did a good job as a nation. We have done a fucking amazing job. We just gotta, we just gotta keep doing it and stop acting and stop. And, and I just, I don't know. I, I think I'll, I think I'm done. My point was, it's not a mistake. And the great country that America is was created by American people, and it was because of the values that American people, as a whole, upheld. As a whole, upheld. That's what pushed the needle forward. Yeah. And We can't let some hip, our hypocrisy blind us from the values that we all hold. A a winning this immediate, this little battle, when we uphold so many of the same values. And if we just stay true to them, we'll keep moving the needle forward. This country will stay fucking great, right? It'll, you know, let's stay great. That's, I pray. (laughs)
0: And I, I. Jared, I think you're so spot on, man. We're, we're at our greatest when we lift each other up. We're not, we're not tearing each other down. And that's what I think has made us so great is for all of our our challenges and things we had to work through. The majority of us have gotten along and able to get along, and the majority of us have lifted us up. That's why that image of Iwo Jima with the soldiers raising the flag is, I think, so beautiful in some ways because it's, it's lifting up, at least I think in a way. It's... it's we. It's, it's our ability to lift one another up. It's our ability to see the humanity in each other. It's ability to find compassion for someone Who may not believe what you believe, but you will still go out of your way to help them as a human being because At the very core of who we all are. We're human beings and we recognize that You may think this way And the way you think that way is because you've had a different life than I have You've had a different, and so you've just gotten a place where you think that way is going to help improve the path that you've had and for the people who are coming up from that same path you are. And that's okay. And we have these beautiful gifts called voices. You know, instead of using them to tear each other down, ask yourself, how can you use it to build one another up? What's the conversation you can have? What's the conversation, the risky conversation you can have with somebody else? And for most of us, that risky conversation is listening. And it's not telling somebody else where they're wrong or not trying to prove why we're right. It's just listening. Yeah. to someone who may not believe what we believe. That's just listening to learn.
1: And you're not going to lose anything. Yeah. You don't lose anything from that. Yeah. You don't lose anything from listening. You don't lose anything from connecting with another human being. You don't, and, 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 and we, we, you know, you don't, you just grow. Even if you change your mind, even if you're swayed to the other side, right? That's not a loss because if, if, if that person was able to move you, <laughs> right, yeah. they were able to sway you, you grew there. Yes. You grew there, you grew. And, and just, you know, don't be, don't be afraid of growth. Don't be, a, don't be afraid of change. Right. And it's, and just don't like, we can't, we can't, we can't, we were never, I think that's what made us great. That's what made us great. And all the pivotal, pivotal things we did not hold on to the old tenets in terms of 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 you know well it's worked in the past it'll keep working mm-hmm. now we grew we we're like okay obviously this might not be working anymore let's fucking let's let's change it and sometimes maybe we flip the coin and change it maybe somebody making the decision said <laughs> left or right <laughs> right <laughs> the truth is they don't always know (laughs) but but one thing one thing they teach you in the military is a lot of is better to be decisive than not right it's better to move than not move for the most part especially if 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 everything around you is burning down like fucking, don't stay in the same place change and we and and that's another thing why donald trump may have and may still for the next four years be the best thing to ever happen because he fucking woke the fucking American political system the fuck up. And it's changed. American politics has changed. Can be a great change. Could be a very change, but it could yeah. be a great change, right? But uh, it's changed. We voted for change. People who voted for Trump more than anything voted for change. I see. More than anything from all my Trump friends that I've spoke to. More than anything, they voted for change. They were tired of the same. That's what makes America great. But the other side that makes America great is that we're able to correct in a short time span. And that's why other countries follow this. And and that's why kings had to go. Because a king was a king for life. And I can't live with that. <laughs> Even if I decided that you were king, yeah, no, no, no. The world's changed. You ain't changed. We can't. You got to get ready. But can't do that. And so that's, it is what it is. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, uh, Again, this has been a rant by me. You've had some very good, impactful statements.
0: <laughs> I, could, I could think a change thing too, Jared, is something that I've really enjoyed and benefited tremendously from learning from over the years is Robin Sharma. And he says something regarding change and I may may misquote it slightly. So if anybody knows the exact quote, please correct me. But it's essentially this, change is is uncomfortable in the beginning, messy in the middle, and glorious at the end. Woo, that's us right now. It is, really is. And I love what you said too. And I never thought of it before, but I think you're absolutely right. The thing that's made America so great is that we have been willing to change at those critical moments. And if we were to go back and not look at history from the luxury of our perspective now, however many years removed from it, with our safety, with our needs met, with access to information, with all the stuff we have. But if we were able to go back and put ourselves in the position of the humans back then living at that time, we would probably feel really uncomfortable in the beginning It'd probably be impossibly messy in the middle. And then at the other side of it, which probably many of them didn't even live to see. Right. Glorious mm-hmm. part of it is what we get to experience now. Yeah. And I think that is not only speaks to America. And I think that also speaks to the, really the potential in all of us. And that's a beautiful thing. You know, nature has changed. So, and, um, I think we both tangent quite a bit today and we got to wrap it up with Jared. I, I really appreciate you, man. Like, it's just, I think that how many people are still listening and watching us along? <laughs> I, get, I get so much out of having these conversations with you and they're, they're not only the best part of my Friday when we record these, but dude, I look forward to it all week. And Dog, I can't believe people are still watching this. I think about it every day. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, hold on, how do we still have comments? Like, it, <laughs> but, uh, but I think, too, that's the thing is it's just whether people are still here from the beginning, people are just joining in, people are following along from the whole journey. The nature of change and evolution isn't necessarily like you, we can make big, bold proclamations, but real solidified change to get to that glorious beautiful side it comes in going through the long of it all i just it's just it's a real honor even in your larry bird ignorance to be on this journey (laughs) (laughs) all right i gotta go i'll see you later (laughs) (laughs) boom drop my (laughs) we'll see you next time (laughs) Take it easy, guys.